The impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall of those knuckleheads of liberty podcasters daring to voice opinions outside the mainstream of accepted thought. Listen, if you dare, it's angry, it's funny, it's even sometimes sad, but it's always based on freedom and justice, as you will see. Here's our host, Jason McPhee. It is March 20th, 2023, and welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty, where we bring you the people and the organizations fighting for liberty around the country and in your region. Um, on this show, it's just the knuckleheads this time, but with a lot of good topics to talk about on liberty. Uh, but before we get to that, let me introduce you to our panel. In our upper left-hand corner, we have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. In our upper right-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. My name is Jason. McPhee and I'll be your host. So let's jump right into it. Uh, you know, what's bigger than the whole financial crisis? I tell you, uh, you know, maybe we are the Titanic that just hit the iceberg. I don't know. James, can you bring up the visual on that, our invisible hand there? Oh, wrong story. There we go. Uh, so <coughs> Wall Street Journal uh, here has the uh, sort of a good story about the timeline of this whole uh, spark to the current collapse, I guess you might say. Um, essentially, the, this comes down to <clears throat> the Silicon Valley Bank is, is I guess, the one that will be remembered in the history books this time, <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if it turns out to be the, the actual iceberg. But, um, if, you know, apparently, uh, you know, the interest rates, we've been going through all this inflation under Biden. And so the Fed has had to adjust interest rates up pretty quick. And that means that there's a lot of banks with assets that it thought had a certain value on its books that now don't have quite the same value. And so this uh, this sort of caught Silicon Valley Bank by surprise, and they wound up uh, having to liquidate some of their assets in order to cover, you know, withdrawal demands and, and other things. And um, it's actually wound up causing them uh, to to I guess have a bank run, you know, where you know people start trying to demand their 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 funds out, and uh, um, and so anyways, uh, the federal government, long story short, had to jump in and essentially ensure that all of the depositors would be whole, even those over the FDIC amount, which is kind of you know crazy thing because like what what's the point of just saying hey there's an FDI limit if it doesn't really matter? Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, but this is this is part of central planning, right? When the, the, the plan never seems to work out and it's all ad hoc. <laughs> so so uh, but but anyways, this is this is kind of uh, what we're into at the moment is that we have this banking crisis where now there's been several other banks as well. Um, the, the latest is uh, or one of the latest is Credit Suisse, and the Swiss government has stepped in to back them up. Uh, so the, this, you know, why I don't think it's the Swiss government actually; it's a Swiss. Uh, no, uh, it's a Swiss uh, bank that is, yeah, is it's, buying it's, them. Yeah, it's it's called USB, but I think yeah. there's been you know some promises I think from the Swiss government that somehow they're not going to let this thing you know go under. So um, well, the, the, Swiss, the Swiss government has facilitated the um the the um the the, the purchase of of U, U, UBS of of a uh, credit Suisse. 
Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, this is all, this is not like out of the blue, right? I mean, this comes on the heels of a COVID lockdown, uh, piling trillions of dollars more of debt onto the economy. Um, let me show you the normal, uh, you know, little things we show. Here's the debt clock. We are approaching, fast approaching, $32 trillion in debt. <laughs> and of course, it was only about a decade ago that we were around $20 trillion in debt. So, uh, you know, this is really starting to roll out of control uh, pretty fast, it feels like. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office has been warning us for a while about, uh, you know, their debt to GDP ratios and how much debt we're taking on. And this is this is what you know, their chart shows they, they we've, we've talked about this many times on the show, but, uh, you know, you go back to the early 1900s and, you know, the, the government's footprint was pretty small on the economy. It was just a, a little bit of debt compared to the amount that we made. Uh, but wars tended to, you know, have an impact on that. So you have World War One there, World War Two, the Great Depression. Uh, we got a lot more productive. We didn't really pay it off. We just got a lot more productive, which is why this went down. But now we're back to those levels again. And we don't look like we're, you know, just the engine of productivity anymore. <laughs> So, so this is, and uh, you know, this is a, this is a hockey stick, you know, for all of you people out there who are, are thinking about climate and, oh my gosh, there's a hockey stick on carbon. Well, this is a hockey stick your government is telling you about on our debt, on our economic situation. And most people are completely oblivious to it. They, you know, in fact, they even invent things like modern monetary theory and other, you know, uh, you know, might as well be magic monetary theory, I guess, you know, where you just simply print more money and hey, you know, no big deal. It doesn't matter how much debt we go into because according to Paul Krugman, we owe it to ourselves. So <laughs> just, just completely nuts. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, there are some people, though, who are, are you know, more sober heads. And uh, this is a story from back in 2022 where they were projecting a, a recession coming. And this is before the bank, you know, uh, had this crisis. Yes. And uh, Rabini... Uh, uh, he is uh, Nereo Rubini, um, a, a well-respected economist, uh, referred to as Dr. Doom because he tends to predict a lot of these uh, uh, downturns. And he says, you're delusional if you think this is just going to be a short and shallow <laughs> recession. So, uh, you know, hey, maybe maybe the end is nigh. What do you guys think about this? Uh, uh, just just kind of are, are we there? Are we? Should we get our, our life preservers and, and <laughs> look for the lifeboats? <laughs> Tim, Tim, go. I, I, go. I, uh, <clears throat> well, um, the, the, the debt is bad, uh, but in my humble opinion, this isn't uh, this whole thing with uh, this uh, Silicon Valley Bank is not uh, related too much to the debt. It's related to the low interest rates that have preceded the debt and their investments of their uh, depositors, which are wealthy people that have a lot of money uh, into their bank. And then it, it's, it goes into the bond market at the prevailing low interest rates. And then the, the interest rates rise. And now their, their investments that they had in, these, uh, in this bond market of low interest rates <clears throat> are no longer, <clears throat> no longer valuable uh, to be sold on the open market. So you know, they're basically, um, you know, they had value when they bought them, but but that depended on low interest rates, which skews the markets. And, and that's the whole problem with this uh, system that we've set up and are, we're using. So um, 
so these rich people uh, are usually in those situations. This happens all the time. I mean, this, you know, the banks fail a lot. They fail almost every day. It's just that this one, you know, made the headlines. And uh, these uh, rich investments, uh, investors, normally take a 15 to 20% haircut, and they can afford it. Uh, they don't need to be bailed out by the government. And But, of course, like, like Jason brought up, I think you were referring to the recent regis- legislation that the Congress is considering. All that does is bail out uber-wealthy people that can afford it, to, to take, and they should take a haircut if they're going to be investing in the bond market in a an environment of historically on the bottom of the you know zero percent and slightly above interest rates, you know if they're going to be that you know that blatant with their money, they deserve to lose some of it. But this legislation that Jason's referring to is going to bail them out completely, so they don't lose anything, like Credit Suisse. You know, it's like it's like seriously, you know, it's. It's called investing because it's it's comes with some risk. You know, you've got to take it means that you can lose it. Um, and so what's gonna happen, and of course they they're 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 putting this out there as if look, the FDIC already insures, you know, of course they don't have enough money for everything that's out there, but but assuming they have enough money for the normal type of of bad uh guidance from the banks that are investing in in these kinds of instruments. They have enough money to cover up to 250,000 of majority of of people uh, from the low to middle class. Okay, most of us are are covered. So, okay, no, they don't, like Jason said, oh, you know, apparently it's broke. Yes, broke for the uber wealthy people that put a whole bunch of money into these kinds of investments. But those uber wealthy people can afford to take the fifteen to twenty percent haircuts they normally take when they are when they're um, when they lose these kinds of investments. So this uh, is uh, again the, this government uh, uh, response that's the the cure is worse than the disease. Again, like everything, like everything they do, it's always the same thing. They create the disease with their uber low interest rates in the first place. Then the disease um, affects some some people, and now their cure for it is to make it even worse. So that now, imagine, now you, if you're going to be covered for investing in stupid things, it doesn't matter what you do then. You, you don't have to worry, right? You're not going to lose it because the government's got you backed up. Well, no. Let's let's stop talking about the government as if it had its own wealth. It has nothing, zero money, zero outside of maybe what own, they own in real estate. Aside from that, they have nothing. All they do is take money from us and give it to other people. They take money from one American and give it to another. And in this case, they're giving it this solution, quote unquote, they're talking about is giving money to wealthy people. So... A, number one, no, I don't think it's a canary in the coal mine yet uh, because this is a, a, you know, even though by amount of money, it's a large, it's fairly large. I think it's the 16th largest bank or something, Silicon Valley. It was, it's gone now, but was. Um, but in terms of total investors and its, its impact on the economy, it's very small. So, no, it's not a canary in the coal mine yet. Not that this all this low Uber low interest rate uh, 
regime has has not created horrible um, distortions in the market. It has. Well, well, and, Tim, you know, Tim, though you say you seeing. say it's not uh, a canary in the coal mine, no. but this one died, and there's a whole bunch of other sick canaries. and that is just the problem. I think we are ignoring here because yeah. because Silicon Valley Bank went under. First Republic had to be um had had to be bailed out. Well, thank God they were not bailed out by the government per se. Private banks had to, had to bail them out. Eleven, I think, it was the eleven um eleven largest banks in the United States formed a consortium to bail out um to bail out first first uh, first Republic. And then we had this problem about Credit Suisse came up after that. And Credit Cre Credit Suisse has a very large presence here in the United States. They are part of our banking system. Even though they are Swiss, Swiss base, Switzerland base, the problem is here. These things are all intertwined. And Tim, you just said that um, this is not related to the debt. I am not sure that that is even true. Look at what happened in two thousand in, in the two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine bailouts. The government went into a ton of debt to bail out the banks on Wall Street. They mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. So part of the problem that we're seeing right now is because of those those bailouts that occurred in two thousand and eight. So yes, the interest rates, the Uber interest rates is co are causing uh, these interest rates are causing problems. Yeah. But the government is also going into debt to to finance some of this this damn nonsense they are doing. And, so and, some and of these things should, should, should be allowed yeah. to fail. I, I, yeah. I think they should be. Correct. Well, well, Leon, could get real quick. Yeah. Let me let me pull up the visual again, real quick, just to show you financially where the country was back in two thousand eight when we had our last one. Uh, um, uh, our invisible hand, James, can you pull up the uh, visual again, real quick? So, if you look here, this is about before this big upward slope. That's where we yeah. were in debt to GDP around the time of the first uh, mm -hmm. of, of the 2008 crisis, right? So we were around 40 to 50 percent debt to GDP in that period. We're over, we're getting near 115, 120 yeah. percent right now. Right, and yeah. I mean, if we were, if we're to get a big jump like that now, I mean, holy, uh, you know, we're way ahead of the, the CBO's projections on where all <laughs> this is going. So anyways, just, well, just, um, Okay, you you could say that the uh, total debt is related to what happened to Silicon Valley because it represents what happens when you hold interest rates down at zero percent. You know what happens? Oh gosh, do people go into debt, including governments? Yes, and do um, do people utilize that debt to do frivolous investments? Yes. And do uh, the people that are involved in the frivolous investments, do they deserve to have a haircut if, if things, uh, if interest rates rise and their investments become worthless? Yes, they do. So no, they shouldn't be bailed out. The stupid banks shouldn't be bailed out. I agree with Leon on that. Um, you know, we can, we can maybe uh, have more conversation about the uh, relationship of the total debt to what's happening in this thing. And there is a relationship in that sense that 0% interest rates that are involved in the bond market is going to create higher debt. And you see government debt, federal government debt right there in that graph. Um, Tim, and Tim, by the way... But Tim, do you really uh, have faith that Captain Dementia, who's currently running the show, can actually determine who the smart <laughs> banks are and who the bad banks are? I no, mean, no, I don't no, have any no. confidence in him to tie well, his shoes in the morning. <laughs> no, I, of course, of course not. Yeah, yeah, we we love to we love to pick on the um, 
you know, the idiot in chief, but uh, uh, the, um, uh, let's see, no one can predict that. I mean, who can predict that? The market can. When these banks make these kinds of investments based on 0% or 1% interest rates, and then, you know, it turns bad for them as interest rates rise. You know, I mean, you know, that's just investing 1A right there. And if they're going to do that, then uh, the market will tell when they are going to go belly up. And, you know, are there going to be more banks to follow? Probably. Is this going to be the beginning of the end or the crashing of the monetary system? I think uh, it's a little too early to say. Um, that's why I say I'm not sure that it's a, I guess I should say that. I, I, I said that it's not the canary in the coal mine. I should say I'm not sh absolutely convinced at this point that this is the canary, Silicon Valley and Swiss Bank and all those. But it's it's certainly uh, indicative of a of a trend of bank failures based on rising interest rates. Interest mm -hmm. rates, by the way, that are still below historic, his yes. vast long terms of historic rates in the six to eight percent category. So we're still not even there, and and already we're having these kinds of issues. And I'm not saying we're not going to have more issues. Is that going to collapse the monetary system by itself? I'm not sure. I think that it's going to have like stupid ideas like these. this idea about bailing out all these investors and bailing out all these banks. That's stupid. Well, That's so, you know, going to cause. And by the way, if I am, and let me just go back to that graph. And you don't have to show it. But remember that uptick that you were pointing out after the 2008 crisis. Now, David Stockman is painstakingly, as he always does, come up with a number of the hit total hit to the economy it was after 2008 about 800 billion dollars their response was eight times that amount in debt to course to to uh soak you know bail everybody out eight times the hit to the economy eight and we didn't even have that. We didn't even have Captain Dementia running things. Yeah, right, right. No, you don't need to. You don't need to. You, you know, yeah. you don't need to because the system has totally been corrupted by the Federal Reserve and this whole fractional reserve thing and the lack of sound money and no tie whatsoever to anything to hold back the uh, the increasing debt, which, you know, here we are. So, <clears throat> so here's the thing. It's, it's not just, oh, here's what happened because of your idiotic 0% policy, low, low, low interest policy. Oh, gosh, I got a 2% loan on my house. Aren't I lucky? This is wonderful. I just bought a car for 3% interest. Who did that? I mean, I, I'm too old to to not know that. Well, I don't that know, was, but we, we got to. That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, are we going to move on? Well, yeah, I just wanted to, to get us on to some of these next things, too. And also, too, uh, maybe you could bring this up, James. Uh, when you talk about who got bailed out, by the way, our governor also was one of the people who got bailed out as a depositor. So when you talk about bailing out the rich, uh, it just you know yeah. should be known that, you know, hey, it's the usual suspects in there who are, are getting the sort of the sweetheart deals. And by the way, he lobbied the federal government to uh, do this bailout without apparently disclosing the fact that he had three wineries that were banking <laughs> with that. Oh, yes. yeah, we are so, so shocked to notice. Yeah. Oh, we're so shocked. <laughs> well, have, so. Have, they haven't been bailed out yet, have they? 
or have? Uh, I believe they have. I, I think uh, well, Biden I think well, they have it have not been physically done, but the, the promise yeah. is clearly there. So the federal yeah. government's going to bail out all these guys. Okay, yeah. See, yeah. this is the problem. That's the problem right there. <clears throat> They're going to yeah. go bail these people like Newsom out that that deserve to lose their money or at least, you know, as much as they would normally lose in a free market. But no, it's, and look, if we're gonna have a free market, you're, there's gonna be risk. If This is the whole thing about freedom. Freedom is risky. Freedom is not clean and orderly and perfect, okay? Freedom is messy. Freedom is you lose sometimes. Freedom is you make mistakes and you're allowed to make mistakes. Freedom is you you shoot heroin and you become an addict and you, you die because you're stupid, okay? That's freedom. You have the freedom to do that in a free society. But in if we're going to allow people to do the essentially the same thing, I shot the heroin of 0% interest rates into my investments and they died. Oh, no kidding. Really, I'm shocked, you know. Okay, this, this bailout thing, this is the crux of the problem in, in this, this complete, total distortion of the free market. It's not free at all. We're oh, well, and, and bad say, word. We are messed <laughs> up, messed yeah. up badly here. And well, it's and, getting and, and worse you, and worse. Yeah. Yeah, now those those visuals show it. But as you say, freedom is risky, but the alternatives are a sure bet that they're going to be a loss compared to freedom. Yes. Well, yes, <laughs> so. well, yes but, yeah. but of course, but of course, you have the heroin addict like Newsom here, who's addicted to zero percent interest rates, and he wants his stupid yeah. investments to be bailed out. You know? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. And he's in power, so he can do that. You know. Well, Tim, yeah. you sound so triggered. This is a great time uh, for good guys with guns. All right, <laughs> all right let me pull it up here. Uh, we should have, like, this would be a good time to have some kind of like catchy little tune about good guys with guns. Uh, <laughs> but we don't have that yet, but we're working on it, folks. And so this one here is a Los Angeles one back in August of 2022. Lincoln Heights, a homeowner shot and killed a man who lunged at him with a knife. While he was in the front yard of his Lincoln Heights home, authorities said Saturday, the suspect, a man in his 30s, <coughs> was pronounced dead at the scene, said Officer Norma Eisenman of the Los Angeles Police Department. His identity was not immediately released. The suspect approached the man at about 9.40 p.m. Friday in the 500 block of East Avenue 28, Eisenman said. The homeowner shot the suspect, then called police. She said he was not arrested. That's all we know. So anyway, another instance where a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy, in this case with a knife, which, by the way, are in about four, four or six times the amount of deaths by rifle, all rifles, including your 1022 and your AR-15. Knives account for four to six. I can't remember what the FBI stats are. I'd have to pull them up. But way, way, many, many times more than all rifles put together, you people that hate the AR-15 because it's evil and black and has things sticking out and an adjustable <laughs> stock and a flash hider. Oh, don't hide the flash. 
good good guys with guns much better for society than politicians with rules i guess (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah just hey just just google stockholm's murder rate in the uh in the uh, middle ages the of stockholm sweden the murder rate it's off the charts high off the charts why because people had no way of defending themselves you know the the strong overwhelmed the weak the the um the many overwhelmed the few and uh and the young overwhelmed the old and they killed them mainly with farm implements like pitchforks and shovels and stuff like that how would you like death by a pitchfork you know how'd, how'd we you need like a that? pitchfork yeah. ban that's what we need that's yeah. right yes <laughs> but speaking of bands Big for right. control, you know, control control. That was yeah. it. That was it. That was problem. But well, imagine speaking... being killed by one. It would yeah, not be not be any well, fun. I think I'd well, rather get of... hit one shot by an AR fifteen, to be honest. But you know, if I had well, speaking... if I had to die. Yeah. Speaking of bands, though, let's let's jump into speech. We want to talk a little yeah. bit about that. And I don't know if we'll have time to get to everything, but let's try. <laughs> so, right. um, so, anyways, uh, the the speech. Uh, Thing that we want to talk about is actually something that happened really close to Sacramento the other day. Um, I was actually there. It happened in UC Davis where uh, they had a speaker come to campus, Charlie Kirk, and he's a, a more conservative speaker. He's the leader of TPUSN. James, maybe I could get the visual up here on this. Um, so in this particular issue, uh, Charlie Kirk uh, was invited to TPUSA by a student group, or I mean, was invited by, to UC Davis, rather, by a student group, uh, the T- TPUSA chapter on the campus to come speak there. And so the, the Sacramento Bee then churned up its propaganda machine, I guess, and they started printing in their paper that uh, Charlie Kirk was apparently calling, they said, for lynching people. And so they they said, uh, in fact, they said uh, lynching tra- uh, trans advocates is what they, uh, or, or the lynching trans people, I think, is what they said. And so um, it was absolutely insane, I guess, the, uh, uh, the paper... <clears throat> Uh, essentially said that this is another, uh, let's see, where exactly is the quote? Uh, They said, uh, um, let's see, Uh, they said, I think they said another, uh, something like another totalitarian is coming to the campus or something. And they said, they call him a fascist. uh, Fascist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, And they said that uh, he's called for the lynching of trans people, which apparently was complete slander. So this is something that was not, uh, you know, something that actually got said. This is just something that the uh, B opinion writer decided to write. And of course, this ginned up a mob of Antifa folks who came down there and essentially tried to uh, stop the event uh, with force. And um, I was there. And so I actually saw some. We actually have some exclusive footage. So let's bring that to you. James, can you show? We got about a minute of that footage. Uh, It's kind of eye opening. And that's why we're going to show it. Oh. Who 
fucking idiot uses a fucking umbrella. If you're gonna Fuck use something, you. right? You're fucking right here, so get the fuck out of here. All you people need to get fucking jobs. Yeah. You, you especially. Cancer? I'm not dying cancer. You Someone losers. All you so losers. Taxes are paid for me. Yeah. Study cancer. Okay. Study diseases. So we're not all losers. Is my point. So that was the video of what was happening outside. And it's actually a, a quick little video I'm going to show you as well of them breaking in the doors at the event as well. And here's something that the California Globe has on its website. So you can see the protesters coming toward the doors here. And the security has no place to go. So the security is now coming inside to get away from the mob. And so these are the peaceful protesters. You can see they're breaking in the glass of the doors and causing the security and the police. And of course, that's probably what caused that big call for the police to show up. So anyways. Wow. So, well, so that, well, that's uh, sort of so, so like in January 6th, didn't one of the cops shoot anybody coming through the doors? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they didn't feel as threatened as uh, Capital Security. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. They were so threatened on January 6th that they had to shoot in the head an unarmed woman. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyways, the point is that this, this kind of activity – and by the way, the B did uh, pull the story afterwards. They revised it, I guess, and apologized to Charlie Kirk because it was a completely baseless claim that the person made <laughs> uh, in the B's uh, uh, paper. But it does have an effect, and we have a short video, too, on that as well from inside the event. But it just goes to show you what it did to the crowd size because this, this kept, essentially, this suppressed speech, right? Uh, they had set up for more people to come than actually came because, uh, you know, people didn't want to go through that mess in order to get there. Uh, James, can you pull up that short little video real quick? There's about two-thirds of the seats there in the back were completely empty. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not two-thirds, about a third. So it was about two-thirds yeah. full. But the point is, that's about a third, uh, you know, of a crowd that didn't come probably because they were scared away. And this is the effect uh, that these people have on speech on campus. Um, so, uh, you know, just wanted to throw this out there. Do you guys got any thoughts real quick on this? I know Tim's already shared a pretty good thought on it. <laughs> No, it's, it's just, I mean, this this story has so many levels here. It'll probably probably take the whole show to discuss all of them, but but just briefly. I mean, on the colleges camp on college campuses throughout the United States, we have speech being suppressed, especially from uh, people who are on the right. Charlie Cook being the, the latest victim of this. Uh, we have the students who want to hear him. Their rights. To, to associate, uh, rights of association are also being violated because there's this mob, Antifa mob, who thinks, or on all their supporters, who think that they have the right to do this. Somehow they're going to defend us. And look at the Sacramento Bee, who is supposed to be uh, a journalistic outlet, 
who's supposed to be objective. They're publishing things that are so blatantly false. It's unbelievable. And notice where they went. Lynching. Okay? Mm -hmm. Lynching. Charlie Kirk was calling for lynching. The man never used the word. He never said anything like that. He used the word 50s and 60s. What was happening in the 50s and 60s is what he, his words were. You know, apparently in the, in, the, in the world of the Sacramento Bee, the only thing that was happening in the 50s and 60s was the lynching of black people. That was the only thing that was happening in their mind. So they had to gin it up. Racism again. Oh, God, we have to talk about racism. We have to defend black people. Well, in this case, they were trying to use the defense of black people to defend trans people. God help us with the distortions and the smears that are ongoing. And this is coming from an, an established newspaper. What is happening in our country where speech is being suppressed, where journalistic outlets are smearing people just to promote some political agenda? We have a real problem here. And I mean, we cannot cover it all right here, but it's something that we should really look a little more deeply into because we have a very, very serious problem ongoing in our society. Well, in, um, in California, where this happened, there is a new law that if a physician goes against the grain of the normal uh, 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 government-approved protocols for his patients, because he doesn't think that they're the correct method of treating his patients, and so he's going to take his Hippocratic oath to heart and uh, go against the government uh, mandate or government approved methods because he doesn't like them. If he does that, he'll lose his license in California. Uh, so why isn't why is it that in the same state, a news agency that deliberately prints misinformation out there libeling someone? Why aren't they also equally at risk of losing whatever licenses they need to to be a news organization. I'm I don't know what they are, but I'm sure they have a big long laundry list of requirements, you know, mandated by the state of California to uh, to control news outlets. I bet I probably couldn't open up a newspaper tomorrow. I'd have to jump through a few hoops. So why is it the bee can get away with misinformation that truly is real misinformation, not just the opinion of a physician treating their patient? How well, and, and, why, and you can, you can bet. State? You can bet that the Sacramento Bee didn't get a Twitter warning or a Facebook warning saying that this oh, yeah. is uh, unsubstantiated. Exactly. Oh, yeah. This is right. fake news. <laughs> yeah, fake news. Yeah. We're right. going and, to suspend your account, be Sacramento yeah. Bee, on Facebook. Your Facebook account because you printed that thing? And and they probably had it, an article, something posted on Facebook, you know, or somewhere. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, to, to that effect, I don't know. I don't follow the to be, you know, I don't have time for following, you know, yeah. rags like that, complete unadulterated rags. You know, I'm not stupid. So, um, yeah, where, where are, where is, where is the, it's the H Where's word the ministry again. of I'm truth. not going to say Where's the our H ministry word. of truth when we need yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Where's our ministry of truth? You know, because there is, there is a, to, to, to uh, not utilize the H word, there is a lack of consistency here. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's putting it very charitable, Tim. I like that. 
you know, you. you know, but there's even a larger problem here is the whole dispensation of justice issue that is going on. I mean, look at what's happening to January six people. Okay, well, you know, can, so, yeah, Leanne, can you hold that thought? Because this trans, uh, this is a good transition into the uh, Knucklehead Noise Patrol, and it'll, your thoughts here will carry right over to that. I think so. So, uh, so let me uh, introduce that. So the idea of a um, <clears throat> of essentially the ministry of truth, you know, the government going in there and trying to get these social media companies to uh, censor misinformation, right. And to keep voices down that they think are harmful. Okay. Well here we, we completely had the Sacramento be doing that. And of course, you know, nobody was out there, you know, they had to threaten to sue them in order to get them down, uh, you know, to pull the story and change it. And that was after the damage was done. But uh, what we have happening in Congress right now is there's a, there's a, um, hearings that had just happened recently uh, where they're talking about the Twitter files. And the Twitter files is essentially the story of how the government has been using social media companies to suppress speech. And so uh, maybe, James, you could uh, bring the uh, the visual up on this. Um, So essentially, uh, the uh, Democrats uh, are, well, they're interviewing Matt Taibbi and uh, Schellenberger um, about uh, how they, uh, about their reporting on this, because those are two of the key people who have been out there um, essentially showing the revelations of what's been in the Twitter files. So to give you a, a, a quick take, um, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And had he not bought Twitter, we wouldn't be going through these files right now. But because he bought Twitter, he opened up what was happening at Twitter to a handful of journalists that he thought were quality journalists. So this included Matt Taibbi, um, Barry Weiss, uh, she's a former New York Times uh, um, uh, reporter, by the way, too, who uh, quit there because of the wokeism that was just getting too crazy for, yeah. um, and a whole bunch of other people that they thought were good people that uh, Elon Musk just said, hey, you you choose the rest of the people, uh, whoever you think could come in here and help, you know, uh, in this dissemination. Uh, so now they're interviewing these people in front of Congress, and the Democrats seem to want to suppress speech. They, they don't like the idea that somebody is investigating uh, the government's role in suppressing suppressing speech which is and they're trying to get their sources and everything and uh you know it's funny uh you know musk was even uh uh quoted in saying here that uh you know this is this is crazy you know these guys keep asking the democrats who's your sources who's your sources i mean this sounds like you know i think matt taibbi even said in the hearing just sounds like you know east german tactics you know you tell us your sources you know they want to get at all this stuff um, but uh, it's it's absolutely ludicrous. And here's a picture of uh, Matt Taibbi and uh, Michael Schellenberger um, as as far as uh, the hearings went. Uh, but the 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 comments there's just so many that were so outlandish and and of course Matt Taibbi is a well-respected honored journalist and they even called him a so-called journalist at the at the hearings uh, one of the Democrats did but I here's a clip that I thought was just uh, uh, absolutely takes the cake Debbie Wasserman Schultz during this hearing she is a Democrat representative from Florida who had been involved in a scandal of her own um, yes. where she had uh, uh, essentially was trying to rig the game for Hillary against Bernie in, in the Democrat primaries. And so she lost her job in the DNC uh, as leading that over over this. Um, but she decided to attack Michael uh, or Matt Taibbi rather on 
ethics of all things. And and she actually decided to go after him about the fact that he made money, you know, on on this, that it's helping his career. So we have a, vid a video clip of that. And James, could you roll that? I'll figure on it, but it's quite obvious that you've profited from the Twitter files. You hit the jackpot on that Vegas slot machine to which you referred. That's true, isn't it? I've also reinvested. You've made a some. No, 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 no. Is it true that you have profited since you were receipt? You were this recipient of the Twitter files. You've made money. Yes or no? I Very think it's probably question. a wash, honestly. No, nope. you've you, you have made money that you did not have before. Correct. So apparently, if if you're a good journalist and you increase your readership and you make some money, apparently now that that doesn't fly either. This is just some of the lunacy to come out of these hearings. But anyway, throw it back to you guys and maybe Leon. Is that crime? To, is that yeah, crime? Is that crime in America? Is that crime in America to make money? But it's only a crime if you you're doing something that the right likes. Okay, because Matt Matt Taibbi and them guys uh, are known leftists, but they are just honest journalists. Okay, so it's a crime in America if you're making money from some activity that that Debbie, Debbie and 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 her and her, her, her like type people, if they object to it, then it's a crime. But other than that, it's not a crime. You know, Black Lives Matter got ninety million dollars when they were burning down our cities. To this day, they haven't yet accounted for it. You know, is Debbie saying anything about that? I didn't hear nothing from Debbie about that one. But yeah, she is right now. Questioning Mataibi because he his read his um, readership and his followers have doubled and I'm sure he have made some money from it. Of course, that's great. I'm great for the man. He, he should do more of this. But of course, not in Debbie's world. You know, not in Debbie's world. Only Black Lives Matter could make make money from burning down our cities. I wonder how much money Debbie makes from breathing air in the Congress hall. <laughs> It's about all she's doing. Yes. <laughs> taking up yes. air, uh, and she's getting paid for it. Yeah, if anybody should should have their pay cut, it'd be her uh, for for you know bringing out her BS, if I can utilize that uh, nomenclature, um, <clears throat> instead of uh, you know criticizing somebody that's just doing his job. So yeah, if he makes money. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, in in fairness to Debbie Wasserman Schultz, I mean, if you look at the left's media sources nowadays, CNN, MSNBC, uh, in the New York Times, apparently you, you don't make money if you're writing, you know, Democrat propaganda for the left no, in, the, in the guise yeah. of journalism. <laughs> yeah. So she thinks that's the way it's supposed to work, that you don't make money. And... <laughs> <laughs> so they're I, all, I guess we can forgive her. They're all charitable organizations, don't worry. They all the New York Times and all of them guys, MSNBC, they are all charitable organizations. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> Leon, before we go, you you had a thought you were in the middle of uh when we jumped to this last thing when we transitioned. Did you want to finish that thought or was that uh, uh... no no yeah, well well yeah, I was I was gonna say there, there there's an even bigger problem with all of this, you know. We're talking about it and we're laughing about some of the things that's going on here. But there's an issue here about the dispensation of justice that we should be very, very careful about. Antifa have been running around all up and down, especially up and down the, 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 the West Coast, destroying property, uh, assaulting people and all kinds of stuff. This has been going on here for years now. 
but nothing have ever basically been done to these people. I mean, how many people you have here have been arrested? I mean, there have been some, but there's been very few. Compare that now, compare that now to what happened with the January 6th people, where an unarmed person was actually shot by the Capitol Hill police. And now some of these people are sitting in prison and they have not yet been tried. Imagine that is happening here in America. So there is this difference, this, 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 this uh, separation in terms of the dispensation of justice, depending on if the government sees you as a favorite, as some sort of favorite of the left, versus if you are somebody who is associated with the right. Because January 6th is, of course, associated with Donald Trump and all the leftist stuff, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and all these people. <coughs> they are on uh, the favorites of the left. And the, the FBI and law enforcement seem to be dispensated their dispensation of justice is being targeted at the right rather than looking at everybody when we're supposed to have equal justice for all in this society. But that is not what's happening, and this is a real problem. When, and Tim, well, I thought that was a that was a wonderful insight you had earlier about the idea that they're breaking in the doors there, and those those cops didn't have their guns out, you know, like they exactly, did in the Capitol, right? So there those people go. were literally breaking down the doors and causing the security to back off and run inside. No, oh, yeah, yeah, and what what play, that was a school, right? <laughs> that, that was UC Davis. Davis. UC Davis, a public Davis, a yeah. public a public school, okay? Yeah, yeah. public school. Well. Well, they're they're dancing on thin ice because in addition to the whole right-left hypocrisy, there's also the hypocrisy that if you are attacking the hallowed halls of Congress, um, you know, which is basically the government, which it is, uh, versus the uh, the Antifa people burning down the the biz privately owned businesses. Or suppressing so, speakers on a campus, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or suppressing speakers on a campus. So, but uh, just in the actual targets of, of these things. So, so on January 6th, you had people <clears throat> entering the hallowed halls of, of uh, Congress and, and using, uh, sitting on desks and propping their feet up for Facebook photo ops versus people burning down businesses owned by people and their, their you know, their life's work in many cases and their, their investments, these people that, are hardworking and don't don't have a lot of money. They're they're losing it all. That's fine, according to the left. That's hunky dory. That's peaceful pro protesting mostly, and yes, uh, yeah. But the January sixth thing, oh no, that's a whole another that's a whole another ball of wax because they have the audacity to enter into the machine. Yeah. And that's that's part of the big well, deal there, too. And and, and the, the bigger story, I think, and it's related to these Twitter things, is how how threatened the left is by yeah. suppressed footage being shown of the event yeah. as they've you know called for Tucker to be taken down and, you know, yes. <laughs> get rid exactly. of Fox yeah. News and all it's, this other yes. stuff. So suppression yeah. of speech again, suppression yeah. of speech. Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah, they are calling for it. OK, the left yeah. in, 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 in coordination with the government is calling for the suppression of, oh, we want to make sure there's no misinformation or disinformation out there, and that is all we want. And yet we now have the Twitter files that shows the biggest the biggest propagandists we have had during the COVID lockdowns and, and even and other things is the federal government. Yeah. And that is what's going on right now. And these are well, the same I people trying to suppress speech. 
Unfortunately, our our time is way over, so we got to suppress our own speech now. <laughs> but, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we I, just I think a, we're. So I think we're suppressing Leon's speech. <laughs> Leon can take one for the team. <laughs> All right, I'm taking it. <laughs> but, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we had a great guest earlier too, Valerie Durham. So go check that interview out about Freedom Fest 2023. And uh, we've got uh, uh, Pacific Legal coming up next week. So uh, be sure to stay tuned as they stand up for you know the government uh, essentially trespassing on people's rights. So. Uh, Um, Looking forward to that. So until then, uh, stay tuned and stay free. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, always. Thank you for listening to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Find us on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.